can have a seat. All right, Christ Church, we are uh, wrapping up today our series made for uh, Mondays. I'm Pastor Bob, lead pastor here uh, at Christ Church, and uh, hope that this has been a impactful series for you. Uh, remember kind of where we started on week number one was just that desire that uh, through this series that a kind of transformation would take place uh, so that you wouldn't be like the rest of the world and just kind of dread Mondays. Uh, but that uh, you would be a Christ follower who would be excited and passionate about what God has in store for you and how he's going to use you uh, in Monday. And so week one, we uh, talked about uh, getting, uh, in, in getting engaged, and uh, that meant just, you know, God has you where uh, you are on Monday, and he's going to use you where you are on Monday, right? That, that God is involved, and he's got you in the place that you need to be uh, on Monday, whether that is, you know, in, in a workplace environment, whether that's in your home, uh, or, or uh, whether that's retirement, wherever it is, you're still engaged in being that uh, follower of Christ, okay? Uh, and then the next week, uh, we talked about that uh, salt and light stuff, right? And uh, remember the little phrase to help you remember that? Uh, salt and light just... Invite. Thanks. I heard it shouted out. That was it. Invite, right? That was our next word. And uh, again, just a reminder, we don't need to overwhelm people, but we just need to be constantly out there understanding we've got that opportunity to just sprinkle a little salt, just share Christ with people, just do, the, do what we do as Christ followers to just make that invitation to be able to, to change their lives. Uh, then last week, uh, we talked about uh, just looking at your life and what you're engaged in right, what you're involved in, and uh, how you're spending your time, right, and being able to understand the importance of uh, spending your time and being engaged and being involved in those things that are according to God's priorities, right? So our lives move from being all about us, obviously, to all about Him, and so our priorities shift, and how we use our time uh, is different than the rest of the world, right? And that kind of brings us to today as we kind of hopefully uh, wrap it up, put a bow around uh, the series. And it's about the word invest, right? How are you investing, uh, really, how are you investing uh, your life? And uh, what we want you to understand as a Christ follower is that the highest and best use of your life, the utmost use of your life is in serving Christ. Uh, there is nothing more powerful. There's nothing you can do in this world uh, that is more important and more significant Nothing that has eternal consequences uh, like being a Christ follower who just lays out their life and, and serves, uh, gets in, get involved in just serving Christ wherever you are. Uh, let me prove that to you. Uh, yeah, one of the passages, Colossians 3, uh, Paul writes and says, uh, work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for who? For the Lord, right? So he just changed your whole Monday's circumstances, right? That, that when you walk into whatever Monday is, if it's in a workplace environment, when you walk into Monday, you're not working for the guy in the corner office. 
Uh, no, when you walk in as a Christ follower, the highest and best use of your life is to remember who you ultimately work for, who ultimately gives direction and accountability to your life, who ultimately gives that focus and intention and drive to your life. Paul is saying, listen, Christ follower, you, you need to understand, you, you are not like the rest of the world. Right? You, you work for Christ. You're employed for the kingdom. That is the highest and best use of your life. He reaffirms it to the Ephesians. He says, work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. He draws the distinction again and says, listen, you, you, that's not what you do, Christ follower. You, you don't just work for people. You, know, you work for the Lord. That is the highest and best use of your life. And he even encourages that as you do that, you need to do that with a particular attitude. Uh, did you notice that in both verses? It's, it's right away, the first few words of each verse. Here in Ephesians 6, he says, work with enthusiasm, right? Enthusiasm. No, work with enthusiasm, right? He's like, hey, we ought to be enthusiastic. We ought to be excited about the opportunity of engaging people on Monday with kingdom things, right? If you go back to the Colossians verse, he says, work willingly, right? Be, be anxious, be excited. Look at the opportunity that is waiting for you as you walk into Monday to work for the Lord. Also, at the end of the verse, he's consistent in both verses, right? So he says, hey, have this attitude. Then in the middle, he says, remember who you really work for. And then at the end, he talks about the reward, he says, verse 24, remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward. Now, we talked about that the first week, that our inheritance is secure as Christ followers, right? Jesus has already accomplished our eternity. It is there for us. It can't be snatched away from us. Uh, it is absolutely secure and waiting for us. But that's not the only reward that he's talking about. He talks about it again in Ephesians 6. Look at verse 8. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of you for the good we do, whether we're slaves or free. So regardless of your work environment, regardless of what you do, if you're retired, you're a stay-at-home parent, or whether you're out there in the workforce, regardless of what the circumstances are, when you are working for the Lord, there is going to be a reward involved in it. I can tell you, I know this to be absolutely true. Because I've gone into hospital rooms, I've gone into people's homes, I've got a, gone into a variety of situations, and my life in those situations has been used for the kingdom of heaven, and I've seen miracles happen. I've seen what only God can do happen. And I'm telling you, there is nothing in this world that compares to walking out of those circumstances and understanding that you have just been used and involved in a kingdom event, that you've been used and involved in a miracle taking place. 
a miracle of somebody's body being healed where the doctors are confounded the next day, like how could this happen? Or, or the miracle of, of a marriage getting, getting a, a second chance and an opportunity for healing. Uh, the miracle of somebody that you start talking with and they're in the depths of depression and despondency and they're feeling guilty and overwhelmed. And by the time you're done, they have a freedom that only Christ can give, a forgiveness that only Christ could accomplish. There is nothing like the reward of being in that moment and walking out and knowing that through you, Christ has done something that can only happen in the kingdom. When you sign up for Mondays, when you say, I am a Christ follower and my life was made for Mondays, your whole life is being used in the highest and best way it can, and you will experience the reward of being used by God. We invest in that. We invest in trying to serve Him consistently. Conserve Him consistently as in all the time, and consistently as in doing it in the character of Jesus. First John says, those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. This is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives how? As Jesus did. This is the hardest task for us, right? This is the most difficult experience for us as we work for the Lord. To be out there in the world and to consistently display the consistent character of Jesus. Now, Jesus did it, right? Amazing. Uh, he did it. And, and you read the Gospels and, and, you, and you look at his life. I mean, incredible how consistent he was. And, and if I try to bundle that up and capture words to understand that, that consistency of the way Jesus dealt with people, uh, the words I grab and kind of bundle up for me are the words grace and truth. Right? That as he lived out his ministry, as he lived out his life, he consistently displayed grace. Right? He continued to love people. He continued to, to accept people. He, he continued to offer forgiveness to people. Right, He continued to display grace that they didn't deserve, love that they didn't deserve. And at the same time, he continued to display truth. He never backed away. He never compromised. He was consistent in always being in truth. Agree? Grace and truth. Uh, think about the experience when the woman was caught in adultery, right? If you remember that story, the woman is caught in adultery. She's uh, uh, brought before Jesus. A whole bunch of people gather around, stones in their hand, ready to stone her. And, and Jesus has a conversation with her and with them. And in both those conversations, he displays grace and truth. To the woman, does he show grace? Absolutely. He loves her. He forgives her. He encourages her. Does he also show truth? Yeah, he never shies away from the reality that she had done something that was not consistent with being someone who pleases God. 
He was consistent in challenging those who had stones in their hand about the truth of grace. You see, he embodied grace and truth. The challenge for us is to do the same thing, to be out there in the world using our lives for the highest purpose we can of extending the kingdom and doing that with grace and with truth. So when somebody, some co-worker in the office gets you upset, some co-worker doesn't fulfill what they're supposed to do or fulfill their promises, whatever it is that's going on in your life, instead of reacting in one way, you react in grace and truth. See, the challenge for us is to live in those footsteps of Jesus, and that means we're going to live the way he did and seek to just please God. You see, the opportunity for us is to always keep asking that question as we respond out there in the world. Is what I'm about to do, is what I'm about to say, is what I'm about to think going to please God? Is this something that will consistently please him in grace or in truth? And so we seek to be consistent in investing in those things of grace and truth in the lives of others. It means also then we invest that grace and truth with some passion. Remember Paul talked about enthusiastically, willingly, right? We, we invest with passion because we know the outcome of what we do has significant consequences. If you read Corinthians, it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You see, what we do out there in the world as Christ followers has significant implications because other people will evaluate God based on us. Other people will understand God based on us. And how we act and how we live and how we respond to the circumstances in our life. Now, during this series, we've been focusing a lot on, on whatever your Monday is, right? And mostly thinking about that in terms of like your Monday uh, work life, right? Knowing that some of you are retired and, and so you work for the Lord in a different way and some of you are full-time stay-at-home folks and you work for the Lord raising kids maybe or something like that, right? Um, but I, I want to acknowledge that I understand also that during these four weeks, some of you, some of you have been going through some difficult things um, maybe you're going through some real health issues, right? Uh, maybe you're going through some relationship issues. Uh, and those, uh, those are difficult. Uh, those are challenging. But the invitation is the same. That, that whatever you're facing on Monday, God cares absolutely. And everything we experience on Monday will reflect our faith. Whatever we experience, it's all together. And how we respond to those challenges is equally important in how people understand our God. How many times have you had other people around you look at some Christ follower somewhere and say, man, I, I just don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. Or as a Christ follower, you look at other folks and, and you look at their life falling apart and you acknowledge, man, if they just knew, if they just knew Christ, it'd be so different. 
You see, in whatever our circumstances, there is the opportunity in Monday. There is always the opportunity in Monday to do something that brings glory to God. If you look at Philippians, uh, Paul says, I pray that your love will overflow how much? More and more, right? That you'll keep on growing in your knowledge and your understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live a pure and blameless life until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. The challenge of Monday, the opportunity of Monday, is this going to please God? Is this going to please God? Will this bring glory uh, to God through Jesus Christ? So we invest in Monday. It is the highest and greatest use of our life. It is the opportunity we get to passionately step in, whatever the circumstances are, and that means we can step in there confident that Jesus is going to work in our lives and we can make a witness with our lives. It means we should also expect God results. We should, we should expect God results, right? God is working through us, and we should expect, uh, expect those miracles to take place, expect to see God using us in however he wants to use us. This is a great verse from 1 Corinthians 15. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. That's a good verse in and of itself. But look what follows. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Nothing we do, Christ follower, nothing we do out there on Monday is beyond God's capability of using it. It happens in Monday. We were made for Mondays. Let me prove this to you. I'm going to show you a list of names. As you look at the list of names, what name on the list is the one that jumps out at you the most of all the names? Any name jump out at you? Go ahead and shout it out. Billy Graham. That's the consistent one, right? Sure, everybody knows Billy Graham. Would, would you agree with me that Billy Graham was used in a powerful way for the cause of the kingdom of heaven, right? I mean... Wow, his life was incredible in advancing the kingdom of heaven. But that never would have happened if the other people on the list hadn't equally surrendered to Christ and stepped into Monday. You see, it started with a guy named Edward Kimball. Edward Kimball was a Sunday school teacher who went to a shoe store to talk to a stock boy shoe salesman named Dwight Moody. And in the shoe store, in the workplace of the shoe store, Edward Kimball shared Jesus with Dwight Moody. And Dwight Moody surrendered his life to Christ. Dwight Moody then preached the gospel to William Chapman. William Chapman surrendered his life to Christ. William Chapman then shared the gospel with Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday surrendered his life to Christ. Billy Sunday preached the gospel to Mordecai Ham. What a great name, right? Mordecai Ham. He received and surrendered his life to Jesus. And Mordecai Ham preached the gospel at a revival 
and Billy Graham surrendered his life and received Jesus. It all started where? Because a Sunday school teacher went into a shoe store. And in a shoe store, back in the racks and the stacks, he spread a little salt and shared Jesus with a guy named Dwight Moody. You see, nothing you do is useless to the Holy Spirit. And never underestimate what God can do when you step into Monday. Never underestimate what God can do when you as a Christ follower let him use your life in the highest and best way for the cause of the kingdom of heaven and you just step into trying to be as consistent as you can in the character and the cause of Jesus and you just step out as much as you can, as often as you can and you risk sharing the gospel. Never underestimate the outcome of what that can be. I mean, here we are, how many generations later? And we all know about Billy Graham and how God powerfully used his life. Just think how many Billy Grahams there are waiting in your life right now. Waiting for you to just step in and work for the Lord. See, the highest and best use of our life is to work for the Lord and advance the kingdom into other people's lives. Solomon says, whatever you do, do it well, right? For when you go to the grave, right, this is what we got. This is the time we got. It's not going to matter when we're in the grave, right? This is the time we got. And what we got, we've got to use that time in every way we can to advance the kingdom of heaven in somebody else's life. It means for us, for Christ followers, we make the kingdom investment of everything, right? We don't know anything back. We make the kingdom investment of everything we are and everything we have because we know who we work for. You look at Colossians again. Paul says, let the message about Christ in all its richness do what? Fill your lives, right? No gaps, no spaces. Let it fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. Sing those psalms and the hymns and the spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or whatever you say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. You see, one of the things we have to understand and not buy into is this false concept that's out in the world about the separation of the spiritual and the secular. You know this teaching out there in the world, right? That somehow we can separate our lives into these compartments, and one of those compartments is spiritual. And so on Sundays we can be spiritual, but on Mondays we go back out into the secular. And somehow we live differently because we're out in the secular. This is a worldly concept. This is not a biblical concept. The biblical concept is everything that we are, everything we have, all of our time, everywhere we are, we are on mission for the cause of Jesus. Uh, let me try to illustrate that to you. And uh, I have with me uh, an authentic Oreo cookie. This is not an imitation Oreo cookie. I would not do that to you. Right? Uh, some folks asked me earlier, saying, Pastor, is there a reason your illustrations always involve food? I haven't thought through that, but 
This is an authentic Oreo cookie, and this is an extra stuffing Oreo cookie. Okay? Going the best. Uh, I just want to try to graphically get this in your head so you understand. You, you, you just can't separate your life that way, right? Uh, that would be like taking the Oreo cookie and, right, separating it and then taking the good stuff, the spiritual, the good stuff, and, and somehow, you know, separating that. That would be, I hear. As if you've never done that. Seriously, right? See, when you take the good stuff, when you take the spiritual stuff, when you take what life is really all about out of the cookie, what are you left with? How about you? But that's dang boring. Hey? That is nothing without the spiritual stuff. Your Monday just is nothing. But when you step into working for the Lord, when you understand on Monday and you go in there with enthusiasm and with excitement, you step into that Monday and you understand in that Monday, God can use you to impact somebody's eternity. That in that Monday, God can use you to change the course of somebody's marriage, of somebody's life, of somebody's forgiveness, that God can use you to experience a miracle in Monday. That's when life becomes exciting. That's when life becomes about something bigger and greater than yourself. Listen. You were not made for boring. You were made for Monday. You were made for Monday. And Monday is about using your life for the highest and best working for Christ and extending the kingdom of heaven. And God will use you. He will use everything you bring into Monday. And you'll experience the reward. Not just eternally, but the reward of seeing God work. I pray you're excited after this series about Monday and every Monday that comes after and waiting to see what God's going to do and how he's going to use your life. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. Thank you. Thank you. You did not recreate us in Jesus to live boring, ordinary lives. You, you recreated us to live extraordinary kingdom lives, lives that, that change the world, that change hearts, lives that have eternal impact. So, Lord, we just want to ask you today, use us, everything that we are. Lord, we're, we're not holding anything back today, and, and we just want you to use everything that we are come Monday. And Lord, I, I want to ask you uh, today that you would set up some divine appointments this week for everybody in this room. That you would just set up those divine opportunities that, that they could be used by God and they could just have, have that taste and see moment of what you can do when we just make ourselves available. So Lord, we know today that we're made for Mondays and we're excited. 
excited to serve you. So use our lives however you will. We pray it, ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen.